Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston and joined as always with Dr. Paul Gibson. Jonathan, you did an outstanding job last Sunday. Thank you. Uh, today, we are out of the Gospels. We've, we've moved past and we are now jumping into the back half of the New Testament uh, and starting today with the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are going to look specifically today at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8 as our springboard. So let's begin with reading that. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, at this time, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, we pick up, it's almost like the beginning of Acts is is in some ways still kind of the closing of the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Because Jesus is is still with them, and and, uh, we're being told how he concluded his time with them, um, and he presents himself alive to them many times, mm-hmm. is what's noted here, during 40 days. Um, but then he commands them to stay in Jerusalem mm-hmm. um, to await the Father's promise. Uh, and he ties back to John baptizing with water and says they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it seems they still don't really grasp what it is he's saying. No. So I have been anxiously awaiting this conversation because uh, my mind immediately went to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And the reason it went to Star Wars, and if you guys are listening and you know me, you know that I love Star Wars. In Star Wars, there's all this conversation about the Force. <laughs> and only the the Jedi Masters and the Sith Lords understand what the Force is. And it's this um, all-encompassing powerful thing that can be used for good or evil. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Star Wars canon, you realize that it takes uh, Luke Skywalker a long time to figure out what the Force is and how to use it. Well, the Force is um, like the Holy Spirit. Now, let me be very clear. Star Wars is fictional. The (laughs) Holy Spirit is real. Right. But just as um, we see like a Luke Skywalker character struggle to understand the Force... I think we as Christians struggle to understand Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it that way, the reason I bring up the Holy Spirit is because the book of Acts, which is really chapter 28 in the story, it's all about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, uh, in reading, uh, preparing for this conversation and preparing for the sermon, there's there's two ways you could title the book of Acts. Some people call it the Acts of the Apostles. Mm -hmm. Some people call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And I have a tendency to buy, to buy the second definition mm-hmm. because without the Holy Spirit, the acts of the apostles would not take place. <laughs> and we started 
with Acts 1, 1 through 8 because immediately we, introduce, we're, we are introduced to the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, until that day he was taken up to heaven mm-hmm. after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Mm-hmm. Go down to verse um, 5, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Right. So Jesus is saying, hold up, wait a minute, don't, don't go out yet because there's, there's something else you need. Right. And what they needed was to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice how I said that. I didn't say receive the Holy Spirit. Right. I said receive the power of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the reason I nuanced that is because uh, the way I understand Scripture is that when you uh, confess faith in Christ, you are endowed with the Spirit. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean you understand its power. Luke right. Skywalker could use <laughs> right. the force, right. but he didn't know how. Right. And if you're listening today, please know that if you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is in you. But it's a matter of knowing that, getting in touch with the Holy Spirit, and figuring out how you can how the Lord wants to manifest the Spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think going back to verse two, you see what you're talking about about the they already had the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as far as within them because it says. Given, given orders through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was already working in them to help them understand what Jesus was was instructing them about. Yeah. Um, but we see that it's not a completed work when you when you look at verse six and, and they instantly go back to, uh, at this time, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? Yeah. Like still that same, this is post-resurrection. Yeah. And they're still in that same mindset of, of still thinking the restoration has to deal with an earthly mm-hmm. kingdom. Yeah. And, and what does Jesus talk about? He talks about, or he emphasizes the spirit. Here they are thinking on a very uh, dirt level, literally, mm-hmm. and, and Christ is thinking on a spiritual level, on a heavenly level. Um, I think it, what is so important in regards to this specific conversation, in regards to specifically what I'm going to see on Sunday is, I feel like in Baptist circles, and not just Baptist, but we're Baptist, so we can talk about our own people. I think we downplay the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. I think we downplay mm-hmm. the importance of the spirit. And, you know, Jonathan, over the next few minutes, I want to just ask a few basic questions and answer those questions. So like, for instance, a person might be listening today and they may have, like us, grown up in the church but they still may be wondering, well, what is the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. And, and in order to understand the importance of the Spirit and, and how that plays into our lives, um, I want to read to you all uh, John chapter 14. And, well, what is the Spirit? Let me read uh, John fourteen twenty five. Now, this is Jesus talking. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is, in John 14, preparing to leave. We talked Mm -hmm. about this a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he tells his disciples is that I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to abandon you without instruction, without teaching. And and what does the Lord give them? He gives them the advocate, the Mm -hmm. paraclete, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit uh, is what... Uh, is in our lives now as Christ followers that God the Father and God the Son 
they use in order to guide us mm-hmm. into what it means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone were to ask me, what's the Holy Spirit, Paul? He's our advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our comforter. So if you're listening today and you're like, well, what is the Spirit? He advocates for us. He comforts us. He is basically Christ's presence in our lives mm-hmm. because Christ is not with us physically. Christ is with us through the Holy Spirit right. and Spirit. Yeah, and, and again, you alluded to being in a Baptist church. I do think for whatever, I think there's a lot of different reasons that historically Baptists have kind of almost shied away from the Holy Spirit. And it is to some aspect, I think, because just like you were referencing the force earlier, I, I think the the Holy Spirit, though any of us who are followers of Christ, we, we can know the feeling of being comforted by the spirit yeah. and, and that it's really hard to explain. It is. Uh, and I think there's, there's fear sometimes of, of people overemphasizing Absolutely. Then this spiritual concept mm-hmm. and missing out then on the work of Christ. And that's not what we're saying at all. We're, we're saying all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the church, uh, even, even in another conversation I had today, I think historically we talk a lot about crucifixion and resurrection, Mm -hmm. but even Jesus is appearing to the disciples after the resurrection, which this book in Acts tells us was 40 days. Yeah. To me, those 40 days don't get talked about a lot either. Yeah. Like it's just, we almost just pick up and move on and jump straight to Paul. Like let's let's get to Paul doing his thing. Uh, But there's a step before that. You don't get to Paul without the Holy Spirit moving in, in the first chapter of Acts. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's important to understand the Holy Spirit because if you go back to the book of Joel, which is referenced in Acts chapter 2, the book of Joel says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Mm-hmm. So what we see in Acts chapter 2 is the spirit descending like uh, flaming tongues, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. The spirit is being poured out. And it's a fulfillment of the Joel prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So I think we have to elevate the value of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but specifically in this text, because it's a fulfillment of God's prophecy. With the spirit coming down, God is saying the last days have begun. And the reason they have begun is because Christ has resurrected. Mm-hmm. did a great job talking about that last week. We've turned the corner. Mm-hmm. Now everything we're doing is preparing for Jesus's return. Right. And the Holy Spirit is going to be of uh, tremendous importance in that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. And so in his response, when they say, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> he goes into, it's not for you to know times or periods. The father is set by his own authority. Kind of, to me, it almost seems like he's trying to say, guys, it, Stop. If you're stop focusing asking, on the wrong stop thing. Stop asking that question. Yes, yes. Move on and listen to this next part. Like it, it's, it's, you know, it, you, uh, I think back to uh, summer camp with, mm-hmm. with kids this year, which yeah. you were part of and, <laughs> yeah. and I was there. And one or two questions came up on night one that kids being kids became like the question yeah. they must know by the end of the week. Yeah. And it was just kind of funny to watch. Like it was almost impossible to put that question to bed, yeah, <laughs> right, uh, and so you kind of get that with with Jesus and the disciples here. Uh, but once he moves them past, then he he gives them the instruction that we see in verse eight, um, which a lot of people know Acts one eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has mm-hmm. come upon you. 
And it talks about being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And two things I want to say about that verse. I had never thought about this until I was actually teaching a New Testament class. So I was teaching a New Testament class, uh, looking through some commentaries, and that Acts 1-8 verse uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth is actually how the book of Acts is divided. Mm. You have (laughs) the first segment where the apostles go to Jerusalem. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you see Acts chapter 8 where there's a scattering. Then they go to Judea and Samaria. And then what does Paul do towards the end of Acts? He takes the gospel to the ends of the earth. So I was fascinated when I realized that for the first time, that Acts yeah. 1-8 is actually the, the table of contents, <laughs> for lack of a better term, uh, right. in regards to the book of Acts. But the next thing is, how do we go? Mm-hmm. How do we go? And, and we've talked about what is the Holy Spirit. I think the second question we have to answer is, well, what does the Holy Spirit do? Right. And the reason we, we we're going to talk about what does the Holy Spirit do is because that, what the Holy Spirit does is directly connected in how do we go? Mm-hmm. How do we go to Jerusalem? How do we go to do our Judea and Samaria? How do mm-hmm. we go to our ends of the earth? So what does the Holy Spirit do? Let me go back to John 14. Uh, John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. There we go again to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. So what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives, Jonathan? The Holy Spirit speaks truth. Mm -hmm. Not just any random truth, not your truth, not my truth, (laughs) but biblical truth, scriptural truth. And we often talk about being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Well, if God's truth is our marker, Mm -hmm. if, if God's truth is what we're supposed to be chasing after, if we read scripture and we wrestle and trying to understanding that truth, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Mm Mm-hmm when we're not chasing after God's truth. So if we know we're being disobedient to God's truth and our heart starts pounding and our palms get sweaty and (laughs) we start sweating, that's the Holy Spirit convicting us that, hey, what we're doing is not in line with what the Lord wants us to do. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit guides us in the truth. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does, and we read this just a few minutes ago, he comforts us. Mm -hmm. He's our comforter. Um, So, it's this fantastic, uh, and this these are not the only two responsibilities of the Spirit, but it's this fantastic, he's going to hold us accountable, but he's also going to comfort us. Mm-hmm. And what does any good pastor do? He holds his church accountable, but he also comforts them. What does any good leader do? She holds her people accountable, but she also comforts them. So we've talked about what the Holy Spirit is. In regarding to what the Holy Spirit does, he He holds us accountable, but he also comforts us. And And that those two are so important when it comes to following, when it comes to going, when it comes to going to our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Because the only way we're going to effectively go is if we're following the truth of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's if we're proclaiming the truth of the Lord. And when we get off track, which we're going to, you know, people often hear me say we're broken, messy, sinful people. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit convicts us. We're hopefully we're prepared to uh, confess our sin, repent of our sin, and get back on track. Right. So how do we go? We rely on the Spirit. We trust the Spirit to guide us in the Lord's truth, and we trust in the Spirit to um, uh, to comfort us, uh, not just when we, to guide us when we get off the way, convict us when we get off the way, but to also comfort us when following the way of Christ is difficult and hard mm-hmm. and, and, and we're criticized or ridiculed or just life happens in general and we're having to grieve a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think it's important you pointed out the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. 
and and I love the fact you said it's not not my truth or your truth. It's it's the truth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and uh, even if you think about that, truth can convict, but that truth can also build up mm-hmm. uh, because there there are times in life too where where you get beat down, yeah, by the enemy and by and by the world and sometimes a lot of times you're you're beat down by lies yeah you're beat down by false things people are saying about you or even a false perception of who you are yeah um and the spirit of truth can help with that too the spirit of truth is the one in the midst of that 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 sometimes can snap us back you know like hey like you know this is who god says you are This, this is who you are yeah so um We've talked a little bit in the office about Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, if you're listening, um, I encourage everybody to watch it. Uh, it's got some language in it, but it's 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 such a good reminder of what I think Jesus would be like if he were a soccer coach. Now, Ted Lasso's human. He makes mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. But the writers have done a great job of helping the characters wrestle with what does it mean to be people of integrity? And uh, there's a phrase in there, and I'm not going to give it all away, but there was a phrase in there that Tara and I were watching it one night and heard this phrase, and I was like, oh, my gosh. The phrase was, the truth will set you free, but at first, it will tick you off. <laughs> and the word tick was not used. Right. And, and I looked at Tara, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. The truth will set you free. Well, that's directly from Scripture. But sometimes the truth will first tick you off. Mm-hmm. Why? Because... If we're studying the word of the Lord, I think over to Hebrews, the word of the Lord is described as a sharp, double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord loves us, he's going to convict us so that whatever metaphorical, sinful cancer we have in our spiritual bodies, he's going to want to cut away, mm-hmm. which means that there's going to be pain. There's going to be uncomfort. But that is God in his loving nature cutting away the sin in our lives that could keep us from following his way. The last thing I want to say in regards to, we've, we've talked about what is the Holy Spirit? What does the Spirit do? Why does the Spirit matter to us? Mm-hmm. Like we may be uh, listening and hearing us talk about Acts 1 and, and thinking, okay, that's good. I'm born again. My ticket's cashed into heaven. I love Jesus. I love the Father, the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I'm not necessarily interested in the Holy Spirit. Well, here's why. Let me read uh, Romans 8. Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. Mm-hmm. And this, this next phrase is hard. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. So why does the spirit matter to <laughs> us? Because scripture clearly says if there's no Holy Spirit in us, there's no Christ in us. Right. So if we're not feeling convicted, if we're not feeling the Lord move us and shape us and guide us through the Holy Spirit, dude, it's scary. I'd be checking my salvation. Right, yeah. And there are times in our stubborn sinfulness that I think we choke the Holy Spirit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, if I don't feel that conviction, right. I'm thinking back to the Israelites in the Old Testament, hardened heart and stick-necked people. So why does it matter to you? If you have Christ in you, you have the Spirit in you. And if you don't feel the Spirit, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have the Spirit, we can confess to be Christ followers, but I think our ability to live as Christ followers is not going to be there because the Spirit is our guide.
So if there's no spirit, man, there's no Christ. Yeah. And if there's no conviction, there's no spirit. And if there's no conviction, man, I'd be I'd be making sure that uh, uh, to use a Philippians two phrase, I'd be making sure that my salvation has worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's almost you know again uh, being from from a, a Baptist background, uh, the the hymn "Blessed Assurance." Yep. Right. Well, where? How do you get that? Yeah. Well, sure, you you can walk around and say that you you know you have it from a head knowledge standpoint, but that's not going to work mm-hmm. on most days. And I think it is it's that moving of the spirit in your life where you can point back and say, you know what, I know I was with him here. I know, I, and you can start tracing steps and saying, okay, well, here, here, maybe I was yes. off, but I know I was solid there. I know yes. that I was with him there. So let's get back to that. So perfect, uh, perfect transition to end on this. Then I think the natural next question is, you know, why does the spirit, why does the spirit do? Why is the spirit important in our lives? Well, how do we follow it? Mm-hmm. How do we listen to it? And I love, I love, love, love what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3. And, and, I, and I want to read it. Otherwise, I will try to quote it and mess it up. Um, but it's so, so powerful. And Jesus is talking about the Spirit. Mm-hmm. John, uh, John 3, uh, verse 5. Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and the Spirit. There we go. No Spirit, no Christ. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. We're not able to live. This is me now, not John. We're not able to live a spirit-filled life if we don't have the spirit. All right, verse seven. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. And I love what he says in verse eight. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So here's the thing. (laughs) If we were to go outside right now, Right. And look for the wind. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see it. No. But if we look up at the trees and we see the trees swaying, mm-hmm. we know the wind's moving. Yeah. If we're still enough, we'll feel the wind move against our body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. We have to have our eyes open and we have to be looking, in Jesus's words, for the wind is blowing, mm-hmm. for the spirit is blowing. We have to be still enough. Right to feel the spirit in our lives, the spirit move in our lives. And sometimes um, when I would run real consistently as a runner, you created wind, you know, I would create wind when I would run. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit moves in us to where we, we, we move on the spirit's behalf. And, and just like the wind would create movement, we're creating movement for the kingdom. So if you're, if you're listening today going, well, how do I get in touch with the spirit? <laughs> Pay attention to the wind. You can't necessarily see it, but you can see its effects. Mm-hmm. You can feel its effects. Um, you can hear so you, its effects. Yeah, you can. What's that? You can hear its you, effects. You can hear its effects. Yeah. So, again, eyes wide open, heart wide open. Look at where the spirit's moving. Mm-hmm. Heart open. Feel where the spirit is moving in your life. Uh, ears open. Hear where the spirit may be moving. Um, you know, it. It. I'll end with this story. I was sitting in a coffee shop one time and I heard uh, two people behind me uh, and I didn't mean to eavesdrop, I promise, but I heard uh, a, a person just openly sharing their faith and I took my headphones out and I did eavesdrop and I listened to these two people just go on and on about how God is blessing their life. To me, that's the same as standing back and observing 
the wind moving a tree. Mm-hmm. I was observing and listening to the Holy Spirit in their lives. Didn't listen, didn't listen to the whole conversation because that would have been rude. <laughs> but just the 30 seconds to 60 seconds that I listened to it, it was the Spirit moving in their lives. So, if you, again, if you're wondering how, how might I get in touch with the Spirit or how might I know if the Spirit's moving, look for it, slow down enough to feel it, slow down enough to hear it, and, um, and then act accordingly. And, and the last thing, I know I keep saying that. <laughs> the Spirit's not going to guide us in a direction that's not, that's not biblical. Right, right. The Spirit's not going to guide us in a direction that's not Jesus-like. The Spirit's not going to tell you to hate your neighbor. Right. The Spirit's not going to tell you to seek revenge. Right. Or hold a grudge. Or hold a grudge. Right. You know, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're following the Spirit, that's the kind of fruit you'll produce. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it is the Spirit of truth. And and so being truth, it's not going to be counter-biblical. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall in line with the biblical teachings uh, because that is the truth of God. Uh, so that concludes our time on this episode of the Sharing Our Journey podcast. Again, it is a ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us in person if you are able at 312 South Main Street, Harrisburg, Kentucky. Uh, we gather for worship Sunday mornings for Bible study at 930, worship at 1030. And we also gather on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. for Bible study. Uh, we would love for you to join us or you can find us on Facebook or YouTube uh, and check us out that way uh, or continue just to listen to this podcast and engage with us that way as well. Uh, we pray that this podcast is a blessing to you in your life as you seek to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, on the journey that Christ is leading you on. Tune in next week as we continue our discussion in the story for a few more weeks. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Go with God.